everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim the Ferds, joined by Keith Hernandez, and we are out here not at our normal time. It is no noon on Monday. The weekend was a little busy, but Keith's a grinder, and he's out here on the lunch break doing a quick podcast. All right, so we figured we'd get one out to you this week because obviously Major League Baseball trade deadline. Big stuff incoming. Some guys have gotten traded already. I'm not even going to ask Keith if he's ready to go because we already had this conversation last night for two and a half hours in Joe's backyard. (laughs) Shout out to Joe Kennedy. Uh, So we're just going to have a more watered down part of that conversation right now on the podcast. So (laughs) um, I didn't realize... Like, I knew we were nerds, but I didn't realize how big nerds we were until we were out here naming, like, <laughs> top 50 prospects from every single team in the major leagues. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then it's like the three of us going in a triangle, and then there's one person sitting there like, okay. <laughs> I have no idea what's going <laughs> no on. No idea yeah. what's going on right <laughs> now. But that's okay. Um, so before we get started, quick usual stuff we got going on. Number one. This week, it's important. Check out the website, beakbrands.com. The podcast is there. Written content is there. You know, a lot of people have been asking me about football stuff. Tuesday, which is tomorrow, uh, our 32 and 32 series kicks off. So you're going to get one NFL team every single weekday from now until the start of the season. Get a little fantasy preview. Get a real-life preview. Get a little recap, you know, in case you're a casual fan. You don't really pay attention that much during the offseason. So that's super cool for you. Uh, number two, follow Beak Brands on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Obviously, stuff is automatically posted there. Uh, we gotten some good feedback lately, so that's awesome. Definitely follow us. Um, if you're on the YouTube channel, subscribe to the channel, like the video, send to a friend, whatever, give it a listen. Uh, me and Keith appreciate your time, obviously. So hit us up there. And if you're a app, uh, yeah, an Apple Podcast or Spotify listener, same deal. Rate, review, follow, subscribe, share it with a friend. Uh, you know, maybe you work a job like one of our friends, where you just kind of have to walk around and uh, you get to do your own thing, so you can listen to the podcast. Maybe you're like one of our other friends who just doesn't do work at his job, and you can listen <laughs> to the podcast. Maybe you're like Keith. And you work from home, so you can work at home and listen to the podcast at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Or you that could, easy. Yeah. Or you could be like me, and you're up the whole summer, because teacher life is great, and you can listen to any podcast you want. Uh, so, yeah, definitely do that for us, but we're going to hop right into it. So, Keith, we had some trades that already happened, so I guess we'll just go yep. in chronological order with the three, like, big ones. Uh, Nelson Cruz... One of the best nicknames in baseball, Boomstick, traded from the Minnesota Twins to the Tampa Bay Rays, which resulted in them trading Rich Hill to the Mets because they are such a poverty franchise they can't afford two people making more than like $5 million in one season. Uh, So why don't you go in order? How do you like the Nelson Cruz deal for both sides, and then how do you like the Rich Hill deal from Tampa going to New York? uh, The Nelson Cruz deal definitely surprised me. I did not think that Tampa was going to be a landing spot for him, but they did need another bat in that lineup, especially a right-handed bat. Um, hit a home run in his first game too, so that was that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks to the Rays to being such a poverty franchise that they had to give up Rich Hill for free <laughs> um, to the Mets. 
who, for those who don't know, the Mets only gave up a reliever who's out for the entire year and a 24-year-old catcher who's still in low A uh, who's hitting like 180 this year. So pretty much nothing. Um, I think the, the Twins ended up getting a decent return too for a 42-year-old designated hitter. I mean, there's not much value in that uh, with Nelson Cruz. He can still, still got, hit, though. He can still hit. Yeah. Um, but they still got some top 10, 15 prospect in the Rays organization, which is better than most. So good for them. I think the Nelson Cruz deal is going to work out for both ends because obviously Minnesota is about to like blow up the whole team. Like everyone's yeah. gone. Like they're going to trade Buxton. I saw before, you know, Pineda's drawing interest. Like they have a ton of dudes mm-hmm. they could trade. Um, Nelson Cruz, you know, I contacted the Beak Brand social media guy immediately. Like, yeah, Yo, you need to post something about this guy because he's about to hit like 20 home runs between now and September. Like that's that's what happens when you get traded to the yeah. Rays or the A's. You just get significantly better overnight. Um, and he's already a good player. It's like, good for him. Uh, and, you know, God bless you. Because now the Mets got Rich Hill for, like Keith said, for free. We needed a pitcher. I mean, we need a couple more pitchers, but we needed a pitcher. That's, like, reliable. Um, you know, as long as his blisters aren't coming back, he's bas- he's reliable. He can go five or six innings. <laughs> he's got postseason experience. Um and he's a solid pickup for the Mets. So I really like both of those trades. Uh, it's unfortunate the Rays have to give him up, but he only pitches like four innings for them anyway. So I exactly. mean Exactly. They, they weren't they were barely using him. Glasnow's coming back in a month. So Yeah. They had a little I'm, I'm they had sure a little excess they could get rid of there. Yeah. Uh, and the other trade, which already happened, which was yesterday, and we were me and Keith were together in person and we were just like, Okay, what is happening? Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> the Padres traded for Adam Frazier from the Pirates, currently leads the league in hitting, or hits, excuse me. Um, he joins a San Diego team that is, like, stacked top to bottom with Fan Myers, Grisham, Machado, Tatis, Cronenworth, him now. Uh, yeah, Kim, yeah. Hosmer. They're paying everybody. their two backup infielders, like, $30 million to sit on the bench. You know, they have pitching for days. They're going to try to get more pitching. Uh, so let's talk about it from the Padres first because they're like, you know, a World Series contender. Where do you think Frazier slots in for them? And did you like the move? Because they did give up a decent amount of prospects for yeah. him. Yeah. Um, another one that just surprised me. And it, I think that trade, how they're going to have to play the trade market is get get guys that on the, that are on the Dodgers' radar on the Dodgers radar so they the Dodgers don't get him like Frazier was like one of those guys that the Dodgers were looking at like we need to get this guy we need this extra bat in the lineup with Seager has been out what three months now yeah it's been a while Um, it's been a really long time since he's back like Chris Taylor is pretty much carrying the team by himself um so yeah that's on the IL too yeah so they're they're down and going into that Giants series this week it's going to be gonna be scary for him but yeah i mean adam frazier when i when i watched him play the Mets, it did not seem like he knew how to get out <laughs> every it just every single time he was up he was just on base it's ridiculous but um yeah i mean good good move for the padres i i saw some reports that they want to you know try to move hosmer which nobody's gonna want that contract uh, actually I, I just got like right right this second like, yeah from 10 seconds ago 
San Diego first baseman Eric Hosmer has surfaced in recent trade discussions, but no trade partners mentioned, a.k.a. It what is. Keith just said. Nobody wants him. They're going to have to pay somebody to take him because um, they are, like, very far over the luxury tax threshold right now. Um, and if they're actually in on Scherzer, I mean, they're going to start losing draft picks or something with how far they go over that, that threshold. I don't know, man. I don't know if anyone's going to take them, though, knowing that they're going to, like, be punished if they keep right? going. Yeah. It's uh, crazy. But, like, the reason Keith brings that up is because his contract is so expensive, and he still has, like, a lot of time left on it. Hosmer, Hosmer on the that is. Until 2025. Yeah. That's, like... Like, eight, $18 million a year, I think. Yeah. No, no one's taking that contract. No. And when he signed it, I, at first, I like, this is years ago, obviously. I was like, all right, like, it's an overpay, you know. But now it's looking, like, real bad because he's, like, falling off, at least this year. You know, he's not having yeah. a good season. Um, I, I don't, don't think know. he's had a single good year yet in, in San Diego. Is this year three, I think, or four? Uh, I have to double check, but. I don't remember. Either either but way. It was, but when he was in was the Royals, he wasn't, like, a high Machado. average hitter. He had, like, one year where he hit over 280. but That's what I mean. He was always club. there yeah. as, like, a defensive guy. I mean, he could hit, but, like, he wasn't he's a, a He's stud. a leader, yeah. Yeah. It's like that veteran leader guy that you go and get. Exactly, exactly. He, w- he was, like, more like six years, like, 100 million, not seven years, 180 million. Yeah, exactly. They, they so, overpaid him pretty bad. Grossly um, overpaid. And they were still bad at the time. Like I said, oh, that was yeah, the year before bad. they brought in Machado. <laughs> uh, two years before they got Tatis, it was... It was a weird move at the time. The only reason why I didn't hate it, like, at the time, I know this is, like, going back, but mm-hmm. eventually, like, every team that has their farm system coming up, like, you have to be able to attract free agents. And how do you do yeah. that? You have to grossly overpay the first guy every time. We've seen teams <laughs> do it all the time. Like, you just have to bite the bullet. And like you said, Hosmer's, like, a good guy, veteran leader. Like, if you're going to do it, I guess you're doing it with him. Um, and obviously, if he sticks around, he's going to be defensive replacement because he can still play elite defense. So, yeah. Uh, they got that going for him. But how about the Pirates? Like, actually doing something intelligent. How crazy is that? They never do yeah, that. Yeah, they never do that. Um, <laughs> it was weird that they they sent money over with Frazier to get a bigger return. So, I mean, honestly, uh, the number five prospect from the Padres that they got, he's not good. He's appeared in the majors before. Um, I think he hit, like, 190 in his little stint here. Hitting under 250, I believe, in the minor leagues. He's a he's an infielder, Marcana or whatever his, his last name is. I don't really remember, but um, he's not great. Um, nowhere really close to you know top 100 prospect rankings. Um, that Padre system is really really thinned out after all the trades they made for Musgrove and for Snell, um, and all all those crazy moves they made. Um, so you know they're they're really going all in. They know they know that's what they have to do. Um, I literally they have to trade Mackenzie Gore and like every other last person in that farm system. And they're gonna try to get Scherzer, like I said before. Um, but yeah, it's weird. It is weird, but I guess good for the Pirates for cashing in on a guy that finally, yeah, yeah, it's about this time. Is his first first good year ever. <laughs> He's always been a mediocre player. Um, so. I said a year and a half left in that contract, just get rid of him. Good, good move for both teams, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to flip over to the American League, though, Keith. So I know we talked about this yesterday. If you're the Seattle Mariners, right? We talked, they had Jerry Depoto on high heat. Obviously, me and Keith, like, just 
consume baseball content like all day, every day. And Chris Russo kind of asked him like, Hey, you know, you're a young team and you know, you're kind of close to making the playoffs. Like, what do you normally do? Like in the situation and Jerry DePoto, who by the way, is like a very active general manager, um, which is kind of like, yeah, you know, <laughs> basically he said we're screwed because if we make a bunch of trades, I don't want to blow out the whole farm system and then we don't make the playoffs and now we're in trouble forever. But I don't want to not make a trade and then we just miss it by like a game or two and everyone hates me. So, all right, Keith, you're the general manager of the Mariners. What are you doing this trade deadline? I I think if you trade for somebody, it has to be somebody with like two or three years of team control left. So, like, they're a team that could trade for, like, Herman Marquez, or they could trade for Buxton, or, you know, even Trey Turner's name is getting mentioned because the Nationals look like they're going to blow the whole team up. Um, there was a report earlier today that they have no intention of keeping him long-term, which is idiotic. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but, that yeah, if that, if that team blows up, the Nationals, um, like, Trey Turner is going to get a huge return for that team. Um, I'm sure there's going to be every single team on the planet looking looking to trade for Trey Turner. But the, I think the Mariners, if they do make a move, it has to be somebody with a couple years of team control left. Even Joey Gallo, he's got half of this year and next year too. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of guys with a year or two left um, on their deals past, past this year. Um, that could be a good fit for that team. All right. I, they have been linked to Whit Merrifield. I, yep. I love him. He's the man. Yeah, um, he's cool. Do you think he fits in with Seattle for this year? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, he's still got years on his contract left. He's a little bit of an older player, so he won't even cost that much, even though he's a good hitter. Um, between between the size of his deal, making $10 million a year or something. He's on a great a year. contract, yeah. He's on a great contract. Um, but still, I mean, those are two small market teams. The Royals want to clear that contract, even though it's not that much money. The Mariners don't really want to eat that contract because they're still yeah. a decently small market team. Um, so it's going to decrease the value of, of Merrifield on top of the fact that he's like 33 years old. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it would, it would definitely be a good fit for them. Between, I mean, J.P. Crawford's coming up. Um, just stinks that, like, this is Kyle Seeger's last year there. I'm pretty sure he's a free agent after this year. Yeah. Um, so now they're in a position where, you know, they were hoping that they were going to get a return from trading him at the deadline. Um, but but now it. they might have to offer him a contract to resign yeah. him and get stuck with uh, a grossly overpaid third baseman who's going to age out. Yeah, I mean, so let me tell you what I would do if I'm the Seattle Mariners. Ready? Not a damn thing. I'm not falling for this trap. I know that we're not going to beat Houston or Oakland when it really comes down to it. Not a chance, right? You know, the White Sox pretty much ran away with the Central a month into the season, so that's basically yeah. over. Then the entire American League East is good, except for Baltimore. Like, Toronto yeah. is like four games over five hundred, and they're like ten games back in the division. They're in fourth place yeah. now. Yeah, so I'm like, if I'm Seattle, no way. I'm not falling for this trap. I'm not doing it. No. I'm going to let my young guys play out the season. If we make it, great. If we don't, it's fine. I'm holding on to all my trade chips because if those guys come up next season or they're ready, you know, at the start of the season after that, like, they're going to be a juggernaut if they can get some pitching, obviously. Um, like you said, if they can make a move for Marquez, who you can control for a while and he's like a stud, that I would do. 
But basically anything other than that, I'm going to sit here and just watch the same team play every night. Yeah. Like, that's just me. But It's a good move. I mean, they could do something, like, insane and try to take give, – like, give someone Kelnick for someone with, like, years of team control left. Like, if they wanted Brian Reynolds. Brian Reynolds is under control for another, like, five and a half years yeah. with the Pirates. They could give, like, Kelnick up. I mean, who only has one hit since coming up against in the second half. I think he's, like, one for 19 to start. Yep. So he is struggling again, which is very sad. But Well, I mean, it's not so sad for us, but it's kind of sad I know. for them. <laughs> if they want to give him back, though, that, that would be I'll cool. Him. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right, so I, I think we're kind of on, you know, the same path here with how we're feeling about some most of these teams. Um, let's go back to the National League then. The Cubs and Nationals are two teams that, you know, have been rumored and you just brought them up. They're going to trade everybody. All right, so let's start with the Cubs because they've been on this train a little bit longer than the Nationals have been, I think. What are you doing or what team do you think is going to go for Chris Bryant, Craig Kimbrell? Do you think they keep Baez and Rizzo? Like, just give me a Cubs little keeps yeah. corner right here what do you think so i i think one of them stays out of the three between bryant rizzo and um bias uh i like a lot of i've seen a lot of the red sox linked to any of the th- any of those three infielders plus kimbrell um i saw a lot of bryant plus kimbrell to the red sox i see a lot of rizzo plus Kimbrel to the Red Sox. Um, it's it's weird. Even the Yankees, the Yankees being linked to Baez, um, Yankees being linked to Bryant, the Yankees being linked to Rizzo. All all three of them. The Yankees are basically um, linked to every big name player on the planet. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So realistically, Rizzo would be a perfect fit for the Yankees. Imagine him with that short porch. Yeah, and they need a lefty bat. Um, he would, he would be a great fit for the Yankees. So that would be a smart move for them to make, but hasn't really seemed like that much of a connection, more like, like announcers speculating, you know, yeah. this would be a good fit. It's for just them. like, and, this makes sense yeah, type of thing. This makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, that I, I would say at least two of them go, Brian, I think Brian will give him get him the biggest return just because former MVP, uh, he plays multiple positions. Um, even though he's been hitting 150 over the last two months, like he's still going to get him a huge return. Yeah. Um. They'll they'll have that leverage. I I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to you know, 20 minutes before the deadline on the 31st, where Bryant is still a Cub and he ends up wherever for for less than they should have should have traded for him. Um. But I'm I'm like having a hard time thinking where. Those those two left side infielders, Baez and Bryant, could end up. Um, it's it's like very very weird. Here's a question uh, for you: Do you think the yeah. Dodgers could be in on Javi Baez? Because like Seeker, I still yeah, don't think is doing baseball activities. No, so that's definitely someone that, that they could be in on. Um, <laughs> would he be a good fit there? Probably not. Probably not. But <laughs> um, Baez really isn't a good fit anywhere. Um, <laughs> It's just it's his defense, but he like he doesn't get on base. Sure, he hits a lot of home runs, but he doesn't get on base. Um, yeah. But he's hitting 
probably it's like they think he's hitting like 240 this year. His on base percentage is under 300, which is disgusting. It's like a Med Rosario numbers. Yeah, it is. But he can play defense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, all right. You're thinking, if you have to put your money on one to stay, who would you think yeah. it would be? Rizzo. Okay, see, I'm, I'm going to go with Baez. You're going to go with Baez? Yeah. I think Rizzo is more has been a fan favorite for longer. Oh, I'm not denying that. Guys. I just think Javi Baez yeah. does not care about winning, and he will take the big paycheck. Yeah, that's the only that reason why true. I'm saying him. That's true. Yeah, I. But he already turned out that big. <laughs> he already turned out that big deal for them. I know, but um, no one else is going to offer that again. Like if they offer something close to that to him, he's going to take it, especially mm-hmm. after the season he's having this year. Yeah, exactly. Um, Are any of them Boris guys? I, the three of them. I Brian like probably Brian is. is. Yeah, I think Brian is, but I don't think about. I don't know about the other two. Um. Yeah, but like Rizzo, Rizzo's definitely a guy that would take like a hometown discount to stay. Yeah. Um, which is why I I'm I'm also more inclined to him staying, like him them them not trading him, because they know that they could keep him and keep some fans happy, keep some people in the ballpark while not like grossly overpaying for him. This is true. I mean, valid valid point there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you brought up the Nationals before, right? So. We're going to save Max Scherzer because I have, a, I guess, a take on him. Yeah. Everyone else on the Nationals, you think, is a goner, basically. Yeah. I mean, not Strasburg and not Corbin because nobody's going to take Corbin's contract and the Nationals aren't going to trade Strasburg, I think. Okay. But um, I think Josh Bell is towards the end of a deal, too. He was he supposed is. to be a one-year thing. Yeah. So he's probably going to be gone somewhere. I mean, that's another – Another good fit for the Yankees. I was going to say, he's going to be a great fit for any American League team. Any American League team, because he's not a defensive guy. No. He'll be a great DH for any any American League team. Um, Trey Turner, if if they ended up trading him, would be insane. Schwarber would have been on the table, too, but he's he's hurt. He's probably out for at least another month. Yeah, we talked about that. With Trey Turner, though, do you think a team like would trade for him and then just knowing they're not going to resign him. Cause like at this point, Trey Turner is going to get a bigger deal than Francisco Lindor. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, it, it would be tough. I know like when, when I saw that, that rumor about Trey Turner being available, there was a lot of, you know, Yankee fans like, please, 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 please. But like, that'll, that'll never happen. That their farm system is, is dead pretty much. They just got Jason Dominguez and like that's it. Yeah, I don't think they re- they have the prospects to trade for him. No. They'd have to trade um, major league talent, but what are the Nationals gonna do with that? Nothing. Yeah. You know <laughs> Yeah, and and they're still I think I think a lot of Yankee fans are still on the, you know, give Clint Frazier and Duhar and you know, that'll be enough, two major league players. But I mean it would have to be like Jason Dominguez, Gliber Torres, um Probably still like Clint Frazier, and then some combination of two uh, prospect pitchers that are like super young and yeah, have low some type of potential, something like, like that. So, yeah, like yeah. eighteen, nineteen year old, like random high school kids that they just drafted. Yeah, that, that's a tough spot for the Nationals. Do you think if they like blow all this up, Juan Soto's going to be like, "What are we doing out here?" <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
I, I'm sure he's happy he hasn't signed any type of extension yet, but he's, like, Soto's a guy he's going to sign for over four, $400 million. Yeah. Um, that contract is going to be massive. Um, I think if he's smart, he plays it out until he's a free agent in four years, three years, or whatever. I say just wait. Just then, wait. Because every team in the majors is going to want him. So it's just going to yes. be like whoever's yes. going to – and. Whoever's going to outbid the Angels for him, basically, is what it's going to come down exactly. to. <laughs> he's, and he's, he's going to be a um, a Harper type of free agent where he's a free agent like 25, 26 years old. It's yep. going to be um, it's going to be insane. Yeah, I mean, oh, whoa, that's going to be so exciting. Yeah. Um, but let's focus on the trades here. So, my, Max Scherzer, right? I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. a question. You let me know if you think I'm on the right track here. Max Scherzer will not only determine, A, the NL West winner, but B, also the World Series winner. Correct. Okay, because if he ends up, whoever gets him out of the Padres, Dodgers, or Giants, because they're all in on him. Now, the Mets are also Mm -hmm. in on him, but, like, I doubt the Nationals trade him. It was a Martino rumor. Yeah, it's not not happening. I mean, I've seen it a couple other places, too. But, like, I think that's more like you said before. Fans kind of like, oh, this guy fits with our team. Like... Would the Red Sox ever trade, like, one of their best players to the Yankees? No. So, like, no. the Nationals are not going to trade him to the Mets. So, basically, out of National League teams that are super interested in him, it's the Giants, it's the Dodgers, it's the Padres. Yep. I think whoever lands Scherzer out of those three teams, if he goes to one of those three, um, not only are they going to win the division, but they probably will go to the World Series. Yeah, at least go to the World Series. If you throw him on the Dodgers... Right now, you're looking at Bueller, Kershaw, him, and if they don't run Bauer out of town or whatever happens with him, he'll be back too, <laughs> which is incredible. Yeah. Even though the players apparently hate him, um, if you send him to the Padres, that might be game over for everybody because I don't know anyone who's going to beat that team in the playoffs at this point. Yeah, Scherzer, Darvish, Musgrove. Yeah, Blake sounds like the four. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know anyone who would beat that team. Like the only you'd have to get him in the wild card game if they didn't win the division and just pray basically is what you're doing. Um, pray, pray you go zero zero through through nine and <laughs> extra ready rolled and you just battle that out from there. Oh man! And then the Giants, I know they have Kevin Gosman. I do not have faith in that man when it comes to the playoffs. Like I've seen this before with him. I think he's one of those pitchers that's good but not great. And if you can slot him in as, like, your 2 or, like, your 1B type of thing behind Scherzer, like, now you got a squad. Yeah. And yeah, they, they, last thing, sorry to cut you pitcher. off, Keith. Yeah. Yeah. Scherzer pitching in San Francisco. His only big thing is he gives, he gives up a lot of home runs. San Francisco is massive. So that would play right into his hands because all yeah, those balls ball. that like barely get out would be like pop outs to right center field, right? Because the fence feels like it's like six hundred and ten feet away. All all those home runs he gives up in National Park are always over that little short high wall in like right center field. Yep, <laughs> you still got like fifty feet of room behind you in Giants Park if you if you play there. So that would be insane if the Giants traded for him actually, because I've only seen Dodgers Padres. Um, I think the, Farhan the is, you know, huge. sneaking around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That'd be a huge sleeper, huge sleeper move. So, we well, we got five days, including today. It's yeah. gonna be, it's gonna be it's electric. Gonna be I can't wait. Yeah. Um, obviously, me and Keith have been out here for about half an hour already, and we don't worry. We have our beat the streak picks. We have our. 
fantasy players to give you. We have a bunch of series to look out for this week, but obviously we're in New York market here mainly. So real quick, Keith, give me your thoughts on what you think the Yankees and or Mets might do with the trade deadline. I heard you have some inside information about the Mets potentially not making a move for a certain player. A little bit. <laughs> um, so I um, hope in the Mets go strictly with pitching. I uh, have a little uh, little feeling that the uh, – they're not in on on Chris Bryant, which is why I did. And why do you say that, Keith? <laughs> I uh, I have sources. That's, that's all. I'll, that's all. I'll leave it at. Um, I have a feeling that they're they're not in on Chris Bryant, um, and that's not the route they're going. Thankfully, because that's not not what we need. Um, that's not what we need is right, unless he's nope. in a transition to pitcher. Exactly. <laughs> um, but besides that, I'm hoping. They're, the Mets are going for more pitching. I doubt it's anybody high up. I don't. I really don't think they end up landing Barrios. I don't think they end up landing Kimbrel. Um, you know, Trevor Rogers or Taylor Rogers, whatever one's on the Twins. Um, he would be a good good reliever, especially since we li- literally only have one lefty in the bullpen, which is Loop. And Loop's been insane this year, yeah. but his arm's gonna fall off at some point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, maybe like a John Gray or something. Um, someone who's decent throws innings, because um, at at some point we're gonna have Carrasco and Degrom coming back. Do you have a certain guy um, that you would want? That's up like that you like could like that's there? like yeah. I mean, I don't think we're gonna get Barrios like a realistic guy yeah. that you think they could trade for. Yeah, then John, probably John Gray because okay. I don't want like Tyler Anderson. No, uh, Tyler John Gray strikes a lot of people out. Um, and I would hope that Jeremy Hafter could fix whatever run problems he has and get him away from Coors Field, and he'll yeah. be good. So I like John Gray. Um, if I was the Mets, and I would, I, I, these are a little more. Well, one of them is a little more unrealistic. You know, I'm a big Zach Allen guy, and the Diamondbacks yeah. are trash. Um, and yes, I know he has like four years left of team control. Like I don't want to hear it. All right. He's good. He has, like, no innings, basically, on his arm this year because he's been hurt for most of the season. But when he pitches, he always goes six-plus. Big yeah. fan of Zach Allen. Do I think any team gets him? No. Um, but can you imagine what you'd have to give up to acquire Zach Allen, right, at this point in time? He has yeah. so much team control left, it's insane. But you could get Merrill Kelly from the Diamondbacks. Who has been very, very good as Who's late. been awesome lately. You yeah. get him out of... Well, one, the National League West is a bloodbath anyway. Every team you play is mm-hmm. amazing. So you get him away from all those teams. And City feels a lot more friendly than pitching in Arizona. Yeah. And he's been pitching well there. And he's another guy. We need guys that go innings because our bullpen is, they're all going to be shot by the time that, you know, mid-August comes because they pitch a ton of innings. Um so, obviously, me and Keith are both in on the Mets. I've been saying since, like, Thanksgiving of last year that all I want is pitching. Uh, yep, so, exactly. Keith, as as a Yankee, you know, person who is near Yankee fans all the time, uh, yeah. where do you think they should go with this trade deadline? I hear a lot of Trevor Story. Do you think he fits there? Do you think they'll actually make that trade? He fits there, but will they trade for him? No. Um, And I feel like they get stuck in a bad spot where they end up don't making a move um and okay. the fans are going to crucify them <laughs> um, but, i mean 
I mean, good fits. Like I said, Rizzo is a great fit there. Rizzo would be awesome um, there. They they need another pitcher. So I mean, they I guess you can go back to the uh, the low level stars we were talking about before with uh, Tyler Anderson, John Gray. Yeah, those Merrill types Kelly. of guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't trade for Kimbrel. Um, they're not in on whatever Rogers brothers in Minnesota. Um, that, I mean, besides that, there's not many, you know, relievers out on the market. No, there's not, which is weird. Really weird. There's a lot of maybe, teams maybe have they a lot of good relievers. Like, yeah. Maybe they end up trading for like Hansel Robles or something. That could like, happen. Ridiculous. Yeah. So he's been, he's been all right. Uh, notification from Twitter, MLB Network, Dodgers and Padres amongst two teams engaging in trade talks for Twins pitcher Jose Barrios. That's what I Keith just, just said before. That. Keith was like, the, the entire Padres and Dodgers philosophy is just block the other team from making trades. Yep. <laughs> exactly. And then they're just gonna burn, they're going to burn out their farm systems, and it's going to be the best 30 for 30 ever in yeah, like 15 years. Yeah, it is. It both is. the teams are terrible forever. <laughs> <laughs> But, all right, so obviously we could have kept talking trade, but we're kind of on a time constraint here. So yeah. let's move on to some fantasy stuff. We'll start with Beat the Streak. Who are you taking tomorrow for Tuesday and why? I got Willie Adamas against Tyler Anderson. So Tyler Anderson, you know, I said before, this is why I don't want the Mets to get him, even though they should get him because, you know, they can't hit soft-tossing lefties. But – Anderson is a soft-tossing lefty, um, and Willie Adamas crushed those guys. He's been on fire since he got traded to the Brewers. Uh, Lefty-righty matchup works out perfect. For sure. Uh, I'm going with the boomstick against Jordan Montgomery. Nelson Cruz has owned left-handed pitchers basically since the dawn of time. Jordan Montgomery is a left-handed pitcher. Unfortunate for him. Good for Nelson yep. Cruz. <laughs> um, <laughs> how about a fantasy player you're adding this week? I know the waiver wire uh, column last week was scorching hot, Keith. If it was yeah, a physical was. piece of paper, it would have burned me. So who are you who are you picking up this week? I'm I'm going with Mets legend Tyler McGill. Um, he is on literally the same exact trajectory path as Jacob Degrom. I saw that so, tweet. Yes. Yeah. So he when he came up, I I was at his debut game as a, as a fan, not working at the stadium. I was actually there watching with some friends. Um, but I was there. And on the big screen, it was like a third inning. They put up a little pop-up that was like, Tyler McGill is the same exact age, year and day, as Jacob DeGrom when he made his debut. Wow. Like 25 years old and 300 days. I did not Something know like that. that. Okay. Yeah. So that started with that. You know, both low-level prospects and, like, under the top 10, whatever. And then they come out and, like, oh, man, he's got a good fastball. He's throwing 97. Oh, look at that. He's got a pretty good slider. <laughs> oh, look at that. He's got a pretty good changeup. And then – Next thing you know, he's got like a 2.2 ERA through his first like eight starts or six starts or whatever it's been. Um, but now he's getting stretched out. He's picked uh, last two starts, six scoreless innings. Um, not combined, six scoreless innings each start. Um, but yeah, he's he's looking good. I like that pick. He's already owned in our league, unfortunately, because yeah, sadly, everyone that's good is owned in our league. Yeah, um, I had him. I had him against the Pirates, and then I dropped him. Yeah. And Dad took him. <laughs> um, so my guy, he was the lead on last week's waiver wire column. I like to try to be ahead of the curve here. I've loved this guy for a very long time, but he just can't, you know, throw strikes. But he's been good so far. Tuki Tucson, give him to me in every league. So far, 
He's pitched, what is this, 13 and two-thirds innings. He's given up two runs total, uh, 15 strikeouts to only two walks. His problem has always been that he walks everybody. If he's not walking people, like, he's got electric stuff. You're talking about Keats, like, Tyler McGill is more of, like, a sneaky kind of, like, oh, wow, look at that, look at that. Like, Tukey Toussaint's had the stuff since the day they drafted him or signed him, whatever the hell they did with him internationally, (laughs) yeah. Um He's always been, had electric stuff. Like, he remember, he pitched one time against the Mets, and I was like, this guy's murdering us. Um, yeah. And he's been on fire. And he hasn't, like, he's played two bad teams. He pitched against the Padres and the Phillies. So, so both of them down. Yeah, he's been he's been great since they called him up. I'm all in on Tuki Toussaint. I'm a sucker for his stuff. He reminds me a lot of Danny Salazar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Except man. he goes more That's than five man. innings. So yeah. it's, he's, like, the better version of Danny Salazar. Exactly. Um, all right, Keith, wrap us up here. What's your yep. series of the week this week? I got the, I got a really fun one. I, you know, I love my divisional matchups, but now I got to finally pick our team. Got the Mets against the Braves. Luckily, uh, Tukey pitched yesterday, so they will not have to face him, <laughs> even though they are playing a five-game series starting with a doubleheader today. That's right. Um, so it is going to be a madhouse. I think the Braves are only four and a half out of the division. Um, so if you know the Mets win four out of five see you later Atlanta yeah see you later Atlanta (laughs) sorry exactly five games out of the division okay just looked right now so the Mets are up four on the Phillies up five on the Braves and up eight on the Nationals so if the Mets win four to five see you later Atlanta Mm -hmm. you know you got you got one you got one day to trade your entire team (laughs) um (laughs) if if they go you know if the Braves end up winning three out of five. Now they're back in the division. Yeah, and, this is a big you know, series. Yeah, and they're and then they're back right at five hundred, I think, if I did my math correctly. Um, and the Mets are only like, like th- seven or six games over now at that point. Um, and it puts them puts them right back in. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a big series for both teams. Um, so when me and Keith are looking at the series for this week. I couldn't decide, so I just picked every single one of them. So here we go. Um, Dodgers and Giants playing for first place. Dodgers, no Mookie bets. Not a good thing for them. The Giants, still, I don't understand how they're this good with, like, two good players on their team, but all right, good for them. Um, Then, so that's a big matchup, obviously, you know, NL West. Yep. A's are playing the Padres. The A's are like a couple of games back of first place. The Padres are a couple of games back in first place. Both teams need to do well in this series to keep pace with the top teams, especially the Padres because the Dodgers and Giants are playing each other, so someone has to win. And then you got the Mariners playing the Astros, and me and Keith just talked about if we were the Mariners, what kind of would we do? If the Mariners sweep this series or take two or three, whatever it is, you might have to buy somebody. Because now you don't really have a choice. But they're also going to be watching yep. the A's and Padres here. Because if the A's sweep the Padres, they're still going to be really far back. So, like, yep. there's a lot going on this week in terms of series. So, mm-hmm. listen, well, if you found one of those the- streaming websites, stream these games. All right. And, two, let me and Keith know what you're using. <laughs> if let's say, let's say the Mariners sweep the Astros. Yeah. And Oakland loses, like, two out of three. Now everyone's right within there. like yeah. two and a half games of each other. The three teams are within two and a half games, and so that that's so that's I mean, going to get really crazy. Huge. Yeah. Um, so a lot of good series this week. 
obviously, um, before we tease next week's show here, like I said before, check out the website. All right, written content is there. The podcast is there. Our 32 and 32 NFL series kicks off tomorrow, which is Tuesday. If you're there for baseball content, don't worry. Still have the waiver wire column, and obviously we'll have trade deadline stuff on there as well. Uh, number two, if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like the video, send the video to a friend. If you're an Apple or a Spotify listener, same deal. And obviously, you can follow at Beak Brands on social media. Okay, so Keith, when we're back here next week, I'm sure we'll have a ton of trades. Yeah. That we need to recap and people to make fun of. So I think we'll go winners, losers at the trade deadline. The deadline is Friday. And like Keith mentioned in previous episodes, there is no, I guess, post-trade deadline deadline. All right. So <laughs> um, so this is it. There's no, like, trade's going to be in August. Like, this is all of them coming in hot this yeah. Friday. So we'll have stuff to talk about for that. And then obviously after we recap that, we're down the home stretch. We're getting ready for playoff baseball. So it's going to be exciting. I'm hyped. Uh, so me too. <laughs> until then, me and Keith are out of here. He's going to eat something. I'm going to eat something. We'll be oh, back yeah. with you next week. All right. We're off.